1: feels now. My goodness. If you close your eyes, you would think it was Sam Cooke. I'm telling you. Um, We are in a new series called Snooze Button Christianity. And today I want to talk to you about Sam Cooke and Jesus um, because the two go together, um, especially this song, A Change going to come. I know it doesn't come out with me near as well as it does with Shannon. I sound too white. Um, A change is going to come. Um, (laughs) James chapter 4, verse 13 through 14 says this. Look here. You who say today or tomorrow, we're going to go to a certain town and we'll stay there a year. We'll do business there and make a profit. How do you know what your life will be like Tomorrow. Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, and then it's gone. Throughout the Bible, there's, there's several passages. In the Psalms, it says, teach us that our life is but a vapor. Proverbs says, Lord, help us number our days so that we may be wise. And just talks about, you know, a lot of us think we have tomorrow, we think we have next week, we think we have next month, but none of us are guaranteed Tomorrow, But it's amazing to me that many of us put off tomorrow what we should be doing and engaging in today. And so that's kind of what this whole series is about. There's some of us, we've just been hitting the snooze button on our spiritual life. When God is saying, get up and get going and get after it, it's time to wake up. Up. Now, how many of you here today you are snooze button users? You, you use the snooze button. Go ahead, it's OK. There's non, non-judgment yet. Um, you just say, I'm a, "I'm a snooze button." And then yeah, yeah, and, and, and most of the time, what happens? What happens most of the time? You don't use snooze button once, do you? Oh no. You're just warming up. <laughs> you use it for like 30 minutes. And I got to, I am a non-snooze button user. So, let me tell you what your effect has on non-snooze button users. You've just ruined 30 minutes of sleep for me that would have been awesome if you would just turn the dumb thing off. Stop hitting the snooze button for the love of God. Throw the clock against the wall or your iPhone or something, but wake up, wake up, stop hitting it, please, please, please stop hitting it. Now, this is apparently an issue I have. Not, and I'm very thankful my wife doesn't, she used to have this issue, but we don't. It's called kids, right? Once you have kids, that snooze button ain't even an option. But it is amazing to me on, snoo, on, on regular alarm clocks, some of you are like, what is that? It's called an alarm clock. Well, your iPhone does that. I know it does, but this is better. Um, anyways, it's amazing to me on alarm clocks how big the snooze button is, right? But you got to put effort into turning off the alarm. Like you got to click this little button and you're like searching and you just inadvertently hit the snooze button when you thought you hit the alarm and turned it off. Most of you are like, yeah, that's what, no, it doesn't. You hit snooze automatically. But it's amazing to me the comparison of our alarm clocks in our lives. Because can I tell you, there's a lot of us, it's a lot easier for us to hit snooze and put off changing than it is to actually change. There's a lot of us that we've been hitting snooze in areas of our life, our spiritual walk with the Lord, that we we know there's a change that ought to come, that should come, but we just keep hitting snooze. That's what I want to talk to you about. I want to talk to you about changing because one thing that we believe here at Foundation Church, it's one of our core values, it's this, is that growing equals changing. That if we're growing in the Lord, That means we're changing. That's a a fancy way or or a simple way of saying, man, we believe in sanctification. That the way you came and the the introduction that you had, getting saved and coming to the Lord, you don't just stay the same, but you're continually growing in the Lord. You're continually changing to become more like him and less like your old self. But let me let you understand something this morning. Change ain't going to come unless you allow it to come. Change is not going to come. Change going to come. Change ain't going to come unless you allow it to come. If you look at our world and just us as people, we fight change. We don't like change. Our our society doesn't like change change. If you don't believe me, just wait till the election cycle. If your person wins, it's great. If your person doesn't, you think Armageddon just happened, right? You rip your bumper sticker off because that loser didn't win anyways, and you just, you, you, you're, if, if it's not, and we all do it, if it's not your political part, well, I'm just going to move to Canada. No, you're not. It's way too cold, right? Just be honest, and you don't say A. Hey. Um, but, do you, we, we freak out when there's new presidents, new senators, new governors, whatever, maybe we well, oh God, I, just, I just can't, I can't, I can't live here any longer, right? It's change, but let's, let's flesh this out. If somebody changes French fries at your favorite burger shop, you lose your mind, how can how can, Brahms has to stay the crinkle fries because that's what Brahms is known for is the crinkle fries you know they can't change the pizza crust I go into Starbucks now and they change the menu all the time I'm like what just, you have nothing on your menu anymore I liked it when it was complicated you know and it took me five years to read like I was at Cheesecake Factory like I like that like, to help me here, you know? Um, I will tell you where I fight now, where, where I freak out when this happens, it's style. It, here's what is happening at my stage in life. It's not that I don't like new styles. It's I can't put, pull every new style off any longer, right? I'm getting too old. Some of you, you need to hear this. You're too old. <laughs> <laughs> just being honest. You're too old to pull that off. You can't do it. Looks good on teenagers, but you're 70 years old. No. Like the big issue for me right now is what kind of athletic socks to wear, right? Because kids these days, they're wearing tube socks. And I'm like, not, no, that's what my grandpa wore when he was mowing the yard. Like, you don't, you don't wear tube socks. I wear the no-show socks. And I asked my daughters the other day, I'm like, hey, can I, can I pull off tube socks? You know, do I need to switch? And they're like, don't, no, Dad, no. You can't pull it off. I'm like, okay, good to know, good to know. I'll keep the no-show socks, but I feel like that's the old man look right now. And they're kind of like, It is. Right? And so, I I need to stop because I'm about to get into men's fashion. And men, you need to dress like a man, not a girl. Um, I'm just going to leave that there. Um, Jeff Wagner loves skinny jeans. Um, But, (laughs) oh, Jeff, I love you. Um, But there's always going to be a fight against change. There, There always is. Every year, at the beginning of the year, you want to become a new you. You've got New Year's resolutions, but here's the problem the new you is at war with the old you, right? Your new habits are at war with your old habits that you're not going to eat sugar for 30 days doesn't mix when you ate sugar every 30 minutes. Like it's like it's a, it's a constant battle and, and change doesn't just happen. And so many times we think change is simple. I'm here to tell you change isn't easy. It, it, something that we think should be easy but everything, including yourself, is going to fight change. One of the reasons we don't want to get out of bed is because we're comfortable, right? You're cozy up in that thing. Like some of us, we have a love relationship with our bed. You're like, I love my bed. Um But you're cozy, you're comfortable, it feels good, and so you don't want to get out because you're comfortable and you feel good. That's why you keep hitting snooze. And for some of you, your life is so comfortable, it's so cozy, and there's just not a perfect time for you to change. Because now you've formed habits. Now you've got reputation. Now you've got a crew that you run around with. And you know you should change, but it's just not the right time. And you keep waiting for the right time and perfect conditions. But can I tell you, if you keep waiting for right time and perfect conditions, change is never going to come. It says this in Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 4. If you wait for perfect conditions, you will never get anything done. Stop waiting for perfect for you to change. There, there's not going to be a convenient time for you to change. And here's the reality is that some of us, we know we need to change, we just don't want to. We're more busy excusing our behavior than we are trying to change. We're, we're trying to justify our behavior when you would, if you would put as much energy into changing who you are instead of justifying who you are, there would be a change that would come, but you're not allowing change to come and have a true chance in your life. You're just excusing it instead of changing it. It's kind of like, almost like when we were due for an upgrade on our phone. I, I, I got a new phone. And this phone doesn't have the home button on my last iPhone. And I got to tell you, I like my home button. I like pushing a button and everything goes back to the way it was. That makes sense to my mind. It makes sense to me. I I like that. But now I've got to learn a new operating system. And I don't want to learn a new operating system. I don't want to learn the new swipe. It took me like two three days with my teenager working for me to learn how to close the apps I'm like it's not it's not working it's not working you know I was just like ah it's driving me nuts I didn't want to do it because what if it doesn't work like I like it to work and can I tell you man you and I our spiritual life is due for an upgrade to be a better version of who you've ever been before and you're going to be busy either trying to change, or busy justifying doing the same. You're you're gonna be busy trying to change, or justifying why you're still the same. And here's what I believe happens to a lot of us. We just settle with who we are. And the reason we settle is we compare. We say, well, I'm not as bad as some, and I'm better than most, right? I'm not as bad as some, And I'm better than most. We we compare who we're running around. I'm not near as bad as that guy. And you keep him around so you don't look bad, right? You're like, hey, keep hanging out with me because my wife thinks I'm awesome, right? I'm not near as bad as some, and I'm better than most. But can I tell you, your race is not to be run in comparison with others. You're not called to run your race Comparing yourself to others. Because some of you, the people you're comparing yourself to, you shouldn't be around in the first place. I'm just being real real this morning. It just got real, didn't it? You, you, well, yeah, it's easy to compare against them. But you're never going to win the race God has called you to win if you're constantly comparing to others. It's kind of like Michael Phelps at the last Olympics that he swam in, there was that annoying guy like all in his face and was like getting all hyped up and Michael Phelps just has this mean face and they get in the pool and this guy's supposed to win but he's so busy watching Michael Phelps that Michael Phelps ends up winning the race. Why didn't he win? Because he was comparing his mark with Michael Phelps instead of running the race or swimming the race that he could and you and I, if we're busy comparing to everyone else, we're never going to run the race that God has called us to run like we should. And are you busy excusing? Are you busy settling? I'm not as bad as most and I'm better than some. Or are you busy just running the race God has called you to? Because if that's you, I got, I got to tell you, you're not alone. And judges, there was this, there's like, it's almost like the bipolar book of the Bible. Israels do good, Israelites do good, they do bad. They do good, they do bad. They do good, they do They follow God, they stop following God. They follow God, they stop following God. And anytime they stop following God, they started worshiping other idols and doing things that they shouldn't. And there's this big line in there in several different places. Judges 17, verse 6, it says this, In those days Israel had no king, and all the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. Says it again in verse 21 and 25. In those days Israel had no king, and all the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. Can I tell you, just because it seems right and looks right doesn't make it right. Just because it seems right, looks right, feels but it feels right, Justin, right? That's all I said, but it feels so right and good. Doesn't make it right. And whenever Israel started living life based on what looked right in their eyes, instead of what was right, they did something that led to regret, that led to shame and guilt. And what is true of them is true of us. And some of us, we've just been hitting snooze, and we've been hitting snooze, and you know there's a change that needs to, hear me, change isn't going to come as long as you fight it instead of allow it. Here's what it says in Proverbs 14, verse 12. It says, there's a way that seems right to a man. It looks right. It feels right, but its end is the way to death. Our second thing is this. Your way leads to what you can produce, but God's way leads to what God can produce. Your way leads to what you can produce, but God's way leads to what God can produce. And the question this morning is: What is your way producing? What's your way producing? There's a way that seems right to man. This is a saying. There's a way that seems innocent. There's a way that seems ah, it's not that big of a deal, right? There's a there's a way that it it, it looks okay. You no, know, it's not. It's harmless. Always not causing very much damage. I, I'm doing better than, this is the way most people go when they're in my stage and my place in life, right? The Bible says this, there's a way that it seems right. It's what everybody else is doing. It's what culture says is acceptable. It's what your mom and dad did. It's what, but, but in the end, it leads to death. What is your way producing? Because what I know is this. All of us want God's blessings, but we don't want his ways a lot of the times. And you can't get God's blessings without God's ways. And so this morning, if you're here and you say, man, I want, if I was to say, who'd want the blessings of God? All of us, yes. Sign me up for that, right? Who wants God's ways? See, uh, <laughs> That's a little harder. That's a little tougher. But you can't get God's blessings without, Unless you're following God's ways. Let me say this. Some of us think, well, we say we've changed. I'm I'm, I'm different. I'm I'm different. I've changed. Can I tell you, can can I just be honest? Can I just be transparent and speak to you as your pastor this morning? Not as some know-it-all, not as some just your shepherd talking to you. You can't change and still do the same. You can't. You can't come and experience the life. When you read the Bible and people that encountered Jesus Christ in the Bible, they changed or they got mad. They did. They changed or they got mad. When they truly had an encounter with Jesus Christ, well, Justin, are you telling me my encounter wasn't real? I'm not saying that. I'm just telling you what happened in the Bible. But what I am saying is you can't say, man, I've got a real encounter and I have changed and you're still doing what you did last weekend. You can't say, I've changed, and you, you're, still doing, you're still doing what you did last month and the last year, and addictions are staying addictions, and you're not even trying anymore. You're just like, this is who I am. No, 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 no. Growing equals changing. We're either becoming more like him because we're following his ways and we're reaping his blessings, or we're becoming more like our old self because we're following our own ways. There's a way that seems right seems harmless, that seems good enough. So what do we do? What what do you do? What do you do when you know you need to change, but you're not sure how to change? Because I I think some of us, we just don't know how. how. How's this whole thing Work. Let me tell you, it's not just a one-time process, man. It's just an ongoing process. It's something that all of us encounter. But here's what the Bible says in Second Chronicles chapter seven, verse fourteen. It says, "Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves." Let's stop there. Pride is one of the biggest things that will not let you change because you you say my way is the best way. Pride always always says, I know what I'm doing, I know the way that I'm going, and this is the best way. But God says this, you gotta humble yourself. You wanna change? You have gotta, you've gotta humble yourself. You gotta get low and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sins and restore their land. You've got to get low, you gotta seek after, and you gotta turn. You got to get low. You got to seek after, and you got to turn. You got to turn from what your life has been all along, and let there be a new you. It says he will forgive their sins and he'll restore their land. Restore their land kind of sounds like what? What's, what's that mean? Restore their land was a specific thing that God is speaking to the Israelites because this isn't just something general that God wanted to throw out and be like, hey, if you love Jesus, you know, just give me a woo. Nothing like that. Woo! No, he's like, like, no, no, no. Restore your land was a dream that every Israelite had. Having land, having country, having their own home was the dream of every Israelite. And he said, This, I will restore your dream. And this word restore means to put back, to put or bring back into existence or use. I will bring back into existence your dream is what God has said. Man, I won't just forgive you. That's not just a part of changing and, and that's awesome. It's not just the forgiveness of your sins, but all that you thought has passed you by and that you can't be anymore and you never will be, I will bring that back into existence. The synonyms for this mean to recreate, to renew, to revitalize or revive. And can I tell you the, the best the most amazing thing when we decide to stop pushing snooze and we decide to get up and awaken the giant the spiritual giant that God has inside of us and that he's calling us is that he starts renewing he starts revitalizing he starts restoring and he brings back into the existence the dreams that you thought were dead and gone that's the kind of God you serve Maybe you're hearing you say, I just don't know. I, I don't know if I'm too far gone. I don't know if it's too late for me because Justin, you just don't know my story. I don't know your story, but I do know someone's story. And this morning, I want to share a story with you of someone who shouldn't have been restored by all statistic purposes, who shouldn't be renewed and his dreams revitalized. But we serve a God of the miraculous. And the second and third chances. Check out this video.
0: I'm the ex founder of Gray Street Crips at Oklahoma City, which was formed in 1987. I had uh, over 200 some members up under me. I thought, uh, you know, that my life was going up because this like a celebrity, a ghetto celebrity, street celebrity. At the age of 17, I went to prison for extortion, robberies, uh century after the fact. They sentenced me to 125 years. During my time of incarceration, I was in three riots. I was stabbed three different times, a total of 12 times. One time I almost died, woke up in the ambulance, didn't know what happened, couldn't remember. I know walked out the gate and the ground raised up and hit me. Uh, on my birthday, January 19th, I was stabbed in the head, the face, and a hand while eating breakfast. I was scared to die. I always been scared to die. That's why I was attacked first. And I didn't know, I didn't, I didn't want to die like that. I lost my mom in 1999 to cancer. I lost a 14-year-old brother also in 99. Got shot in the head. He was a young gang member. So the more family members I lost, the more vicious I became, I started having people actually kidding that while I was in prison, I, mean, I was really working for the devil and not knowing the things I was doing. I was recruiting people for the devil. But this one particular day, I was laying on the floor, and the man came in. The man and the woman came in and said, uh, Fonzo, pack your stuff. You got thirty minutes to sad where you gonna go." Let's <laughs> see. You got to be kidding. My silly said, They for real. So I still just looking like I'm going home. And I don't know what it was. Something's like pulling me like tussle. The day I got released, they had the major, the warden, and the deputy warden standing outside placing bets on when I'll be back. They said, We still got a bed open. Ain't no sense you going home. You don't know nothing else. You you you, you thirty years. You've been incarcerated thirty years. So you're seventeen years old. You've been nothing but causing us chaos since you've been in the joint. Might as well just go hit somebody upstairs head, throw a brick through the window. One said, "I bet he don't last thirty days." Other said, "I give him six months." I don't know what to do. I actually really didn't know what to do for the first time in my life. I was stuck. It seemed like. You're free. You're here. What are you going to do? Well I walked downtown, and I walked up to the construction site. He said, can you tie a rebar? And I was scared of hikes. I was like, uh, yeah, I can, tie. I, was like, I can tie a shoe, I can tie a rebar, so shoot. He said, when can you come to work? I said, I come to work now. He said, come work tomorrow. I'm feeling like I'm part of society now. And so, this guys used my phone one day. John has used my phone. He took out all my contacts. So, my girlfriend called some kind of way and said, why you got me on block? And I said, block, I, don't, I ain't got you on block. And so we looked at everybody, my whole people that I get contact with is on block. So I've been down in tussle, with nowhere to go, no loss, every loss. No can't contact my family, the family, few family I got. So, the, so my anger took over. The, some just raged inside of me said destroy. I can get up on him and start climbing them stairs. And I picked his, like, hammer up. And I already knew in my mind, I already said what to do. It was already true. I seen everything go in motion. Me hitting on that head with his hammer, pushing him right out, he was sitting on sitting in the rear, rear. And he seen it at me, he seen me coming. Even my boss seen it. He was like, don't do it, Thomas. And I was walking to him. And his phone, my phone ring. Usually, I look at the number, I don't answer uh, numbers that I don't know. But some told me, answer this phone. I answered it. And it was it a was man's voice on the other end. He answered the phone, and it was me on the other line. And I said, this is Cody with Christ Center Lawn. He said, who? I said, Cody with Christ Center Lawn. And he said, okay. And I was like, I understand that you may be looking for a job. And he stopped and ended up sitting down on the beam and started talking to me. When can I start? I don't know what I, what I was tripping over. I didn't even care about the pay or nothing. But I did ask someone you going to pay. He said, $10 an hour. I said, okay. And I look at that dude, and the, the, the boss was standing in between me. And uh, I said, I'm going to quit. The next day I went to from with Cody. And Cody started telling me about Jesus, the Lord, and everything else, you know, I'm listening to a Christian music, but at the same time I'm thinking about I didn't take this loss to get this job. What am I going to do? I got to be the craziest person in the world to take a uh, pay cut. And so, but I liked it. I liked it what he was talking about. So as the days and music, he asked me to listen to these songs about the '99, but the one that he go get, and I said on the porch, of one of our one of our uh, uh, job sites. He said, if I was go around and listen to that, I went around there. And I listened to that song and he said, you that one coming to get. I said, okay. I said, can I go to church with you? And I said, I'm afraid to die. I never told nobody that. I don't know what made me tell Cody that I was scared to die. Cause everybody thought I was just, just rough and like I didn't have no feelings. And I couldn't show no emotions. Nowhere in the world I could show any emotions in prison. Couldn't cry with my mom or dad. I couldn't do nothing. I had to hold all these emotions inside. Couldn't show no side and weaknesses. And um, he said yes, he picked me up to come to church. And for when I stepped on the stairs at the Foundation Church, it was something that just started rocking me. And I knew right then when I stepped up in there, I said, something like this is where you belong. I want to change my life. I couldn't live like that no more. I do not want to hurt nobody. Everything was going. And he said, God forgives you. And it broke me down so much that boom because I ain't never been forgiven for anything that I have done. But I want to be forgiven then. I wanted, everything that I did, I was so sorry for, I, so, I felt so remorseful. I ain't never felt remorseful for anything I was. I wish i to go back and redo everything that I done did. But I couldn't. And it hurt so bad that I couldn't. But I remember I confessed my sins. And I said, i never turn back. Him to be a part of. It's, it's, it's a whole other experience to put him into another game instead of the cricket game. And so, come on, if I recruit for the devil, well, I sure recruit for the Lord.
1: <laughs> when Fonzo was 17 years old, he went to prison. <clears throat> He was there for 30 years. Think of that, 30 years. And when he finally gets his time to go out, the wardens are there, other officials, and say, Man, there's no need for you to leave, you're not changing. You'll be back here in 30 days. The generous one gave him six months, right? You're just going to be back doing the same thing because you're never going to change who you are. This is just a snooze button moment for you, and you're not waking up and turning the alarm off in your spiritual life. Life. If there's anything that somebody says critically about me, about my family, my friends, my first thing I always ask is, who, who said it, right? Like, who who said something about my kids, about my friends, about myself? But because before I'm going to take it to heart, I want to consider the source. Before I let it have an effect, I want to know who it came from and if it should have an effect. And a bunch of you have not changed because somebody said you couldn't change. And my question to you this morning is who says? Who says you can't change? Well, they said I would be like my mom and my daddy for too long. Who says? Who says that you've been in that? Who says that you can't change because, because you've been like this for too long? Who, who says? Boy, well, you're just you're in too deep. You've gone too far. Who who says? Man, you're never going to be able to get past the pain and past the shame and past all the guilt. Who says that? Man, you've just gone too deep. There's not forgiveness. There's not restoration. You've been doing this for too long hurting too many people the question this morning is who says because what I know about the Bible is the Bible says this that his word will not return void that means that it will not come back empty that it goes out and it makes a difference and it makes an impact and it fills up what was empty to full and his word says this in first in Romans 8 it says so there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus second Corinthians five seventeen says therefore if anyone is in Christ he is a new creation the old has passed behold the new has come I don't know what everybody has been saying I don't know why things haven't changed I don't know what you have said to yourself I don't know what others have said I don't know who said what but what I do know about the word of God and that it doesn't return voice it says the moment you come to him the old you is gone and the new you has come you just got to step into what God has for you. <clears throat> I love this quote by Jim Valvano, and I close with this. It says, the life changes when you least expect it. The future is uncertain, so seize this day. Seize this moment and make the most of it. And I believe this with all my heart this morning. It's for some of you, this is your moment. Some of you, this is your time, this is your day to change. And not to change for a week, not to change for the emotion of the moment, but for there to be a lasting change for the old to pass and the new to come. I believe that there is a spiritual alarm going off and it's been going off for a while and you've just been hitting snooze and you've been hitting snooze because it's convenient, it's easy and nobody has said wake up. You have not awakened the giant, the man, the woman of God that is inside of you and this is your morning, this is your moment to wake up and to what has been dormant to come alive. Man, let a change come. Start letting God move in you and follow his way so he can produce what only God can produce. This is your moment. This is your time. The question is, will you seize it? Will there finally be a change or is there just going to be more of the same? Fonzo had that moment. There was a moment that change happened and he stepped into it and he turned the snooze off. And he turned the alarm off and he stepped into becoming the spiritual giant. God had called him to be. And can I tell you what is true? Afonso is true for you because the same God that Afonso serves is the same God you serve. The same God that Travis Burns served, who was a, a, a drug addict, is the same God that you serve. The same God that Dennis Duncan served, who was lost in a mess, is the same God that you serve. The same God that Justin Graves in high school, when I was addicted to porn, that there was a change that happened in college in me and there was no longer that addiction and that struggle is the same God that you serve. And can I tell you, there is a change that wants to happen. He is no respecter of men. You just got to seize it and take hold of it this morning. Let's bow our heads and pray. God, we love you and we thank you for today. And God, I come before you and I just ask right now that this would be a moment for some of us in this place. Lord, we've been putting off change. We've excused why we don't change. But the reality is there's a change that needs to come into our life, into our heart. Because, Lord, we've been going down the path that seems right, the path that seems not that harmful, the path that uh, it's not right, but it's not necessarily wrong. And, Lord, it's not producing the dreams that we have inside of us. And some of us, we have given up on the dreams. We've given up on the desires of ever having that life. I've ever seen that become a reality but God I pray that your word would be true that it says in Chronicles that if we'll humble ourselves if we'll seek your face and pray and turn from our ways some of them wicked, some of them man we just excused the ways that seem right but lead to death if we'll turn from that you says you'll hear us you'll forgive us and you'll restore us. And Lord, there's some of us, we gave up on restoration a long time ago. God, I pray in this place, there would be a restoration moment that happens that you bring back into existence that which we thought was gone. That which we thought was lost and dead. So, Lord, in this place, at this moment, I pray that we wake up. Oh, Lord, that you would bring forth that man and woman that we're dying to become and that we would allow a change to happen. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed this morning, you're here. Maybe you're here and you're not where you need to be in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Man, there's things going on, you know, and you've just excused it. And you've excused it time after time after time after time. And you're like, i I got, I got to change. There's an urgency in there. Maybe it didn't change because there's too many questions. It's too embarrassing. But you just hit the snooze button for too long. And this morning is a moment. And the question is, are you going to seize this moment? Are you going to seize this point right here. And allow a change to come and say, man, I just got to get it right with Jesus. Man, you maybe you've never accepted Jesus Christ. We want to give you that chance. Maybe you're just not where you should be in your relationship with Him. Listen, there's no condemnation from here. Man, there's just giving you an opportunity so that you can become new. When I count to three, all I want you to do is raise your hand. And we're not going to call you out. We're not going to lead you in another room. All we're going to do is lead you in a prayer that will change your life. One, two... If that's you, if you just raise your hand, is there anyone here this morning? Yeah, I see your hand. I see your hand. Is there anyone else? Yeah, I see your hand. Is there anyone else? Yeah, 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 yeah. Is there anyone else? Yeah, there's hands going up all over the place. Is there anyone else? You say, Justin, I want to join these 10 or more hands. Is there anyone else? You say, Justin, that's me, that's me. Yeah, yeah. Is there anyone else? You just say, Justin, that's me today. I want to join these hands that are lifted before. Before it's over, there's a change. There's a change that needs to happen and I need to seize this moment. I see your hand. Is there anyone else? You join these man several several hands that have been lifted in this place before we go any further in service yeah I see your hands anyone else anyone else man there's an alarm going off and this is your moment you say Justin that's that's me that's me and I don't need to hit snooze any longer is there anyone else before we go any further you just say there's a change that needs to erupt in my life and I'm ready I'm so ready is there anyone else If you raise your hand, if you please repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. God, I come before you today. Jesus, I just declare I need a change. I I want a lasting change to hit my life. And so I confess I've, I've sinned. I've messed up. I'm not where I should be. But I ask for your forgiveness. I I turn from my ways to seeking your ways. I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. And I pray that your grace, I pray that your love and your joy would enter my life. I pray that the old would pass away and that I would become a new creation in you. I pray all the guilt and condemnation that I've been carrying around Lord, that it would be gone because now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Jesus Christ. I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Can we give these 15 or so hands a huge round of applause? Yeah, 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 yeah. Foundation Church, can I tell you, that's one of the most awesome things that happened because there were so many hands going up, I couldn't count.
0: Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you have
1: any questions, are in need of prayer, or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at nicole at
0: foundationschurch.tv.